Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Hello, friend, and welcome to today's podcast. I am thrilled that today you'll get to hear a conversation that I had with Alicia Harper. Alicia has a long career in human resources, and she has been one of my trusted friends and advisors in HR and all other areas of life for over 20 years. Alicia graduated from the University of South Carolina with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Go Gamecocks. She then started her career in human resources and never left. She currently works for eSources as a human resources consultant to small and medium-sized businesses. She offers guidance and support on employee benefits, payroll, employee relations, and organizational development to eSources clients. She has the designation of Senior Professional in Human Resources and is a member of the National Society for Human Resource Management. Alicia is also a wife and mother of two adorable and busy boys, and she enjoys reading. She's an amazing cook. She's an exceptional HR leader and one of my very dear friends. And in this podcast, we get into the life of a working parent. So from both an HR perspective and a parent perspective, we share the challenges, strategies to survive, and I'll even say thrive. So thanks for joining and enjoy. All right. So thank you all everyone today for joining. And Alicia, thank you for joining in podcast world. I'm so glad you're here. And I was thinking about this this morning. I'm excited about this conversation for a couple of reasons. One is because we talk about this all the time anyway. So this is just a continuation of a conversation we already have. And two, because it's a topic I know is important to both of us, both for our own families and children, the young people in our lives that we interact with, and even for the people we support from an HR and coaching perspective, working and parenting are just critical topics right now for all of us. So I'm glad we get to have this conversation and I'm glad you're willing to jump in on the brainstorm with ideas and just things you've seen in your own work career and your own family life. So thank you for joining. You're welcome. I'm super excited. Yeah. So I thought we'd start by just to give people context, maybe tell everyone a little bit about your family and then I'll do the same thing. And then we can kind of jump into some of the questions. Sure. So I'm married almost 18 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I have two boys, a rising fifth grader who is 10 and a rising ninth grader who is 14. I can't believe I'm going to have a high schooler and, and a driver soon. <laughs> yes. Um, and somebody who's thinking about college and their future career. So that is a, that's a big part of what's going on in my life. I do have three nephews, one out of the workforce, one in college, and one just graduating high school. And a goddaughter that I try to mentor every now and again, yeah. <laughs> who's also in high school. So a lot of, I would say, tween and above children in my life right now. So, and okay. it's very, very busy and trying to balance work and school and activities and just growing them into decent human beings. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yes. And that that's my focus too. And I know you know this, but I'll share it with everyone else. So I'm married as well. And we've been married for 24 years. I can't believe it. 25 <laughs> next year. We've committed to doing something. <laughs> so we, have to do, we don't always celebrate anniversary big, but I'm like 25, we're doing something. Um, but I have one daughter starting her second year in college this year in the fall. I was a foster parent for a few months and then provided respite care for her and the family a little bit after that. So that was a really amazing and learning experience. I um, also have a godson and a goddaughter, his, his sister, I consider my goddaughter. She's not officially, but I consider them both my godchildren. <laughs> I have three sisters. My husband has um, three siblings, uncles and aunts who are like siblings as well. So all of their, you know, all my nieces and nephews, and now I even have some great nieces and nephews. Oh, so, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. So, um, and it's fun in those roles too, because you get to kind of support them as parents. 
And also, like you're saying, like occasionally provide some encouragement or support or um, show up for a celebration or guidance. You know, it's kind of like the fun parts of parenting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these godchildren, nieces and nephews, about <laughs> bearing the full brunt of it. So I love those experiences too. So we don't have very many girls in my family. So my younger brother is getting married and bringing in, uh, I guess, a stepdaughter. So I'm super excited to have a niece. I don't have Aww. one. So. That I'm is excited to try that to work with mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you're surrounded by boys. You're right, and we yes. have a ton of girls. Probably, I probably, probably have more girl experience than boys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, okay. So we're pretty balanced in that. Okay, so, so I thought before we jump into the the questions, I was reading one study, and I thought this was an interesting stat. So this is from the Ohio State University, and it said this was the research came out in 2022, but the research was actually done in 2021. But they said that 66 percent of working parents meet the criteria for parental burnout. Parental burnout is basically just being exhausted, you know, exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, by just the pressures of caring for your children and feeling like, you know, you just don't have anything left to give. Like you've reached the end of your rope, essentially. And that breaks my heart for so many parents, (laughs) you know, because I think we've all been there at some point, but to think that in their study, 66%, which is like, most of us essentially are in some kind of a burnout. It breaks my heart for parents, somewhat for children too, because they're living in that situation. But I always feel like look, young children, especially sometimes even older, are really unaware of what most of us go through as parents. <laughs> like occasionally yeah. they're like, was something wrong with you? But in general, I think your experience <laughs> as a parent, they're so focused on themselves, you know, but so 66% deal with burnout. And when they kind of divided it by moms and dads, it said that 68% of moms and 42% of dads are reporting burnout. And I think that's common with what experience would say too, which is, um, and research says this even from before the pandemic, that being a working parent is difficult yes. and being a working mother is even more difficult mm-hmm. for lots of different reasons. But you know, pa- being a working parent is challenging for everyone and being a working mother is even more challenging for most people. So I thought this, that just kind of undergird for me how challenging this is for all of us right now in general, and especially during this pandemic. I mean, 66%, that's huge. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's most people are dealing with some level of burnout as a parent. So that's why I'm excited. We're having this conversation. So uh, <laughs> and you've been in human resources for, you know, really a whole career. Yeah. That's actually how we met for those who don't yeah. know. So we met before either of us were parents working in human resources. So just whether it's throughout the pandemic or in general, like what have you seen as some of the biggest challenges of being a working parent um, from your role as HR? Well, definitely through the pandemic, it was really challenging when everything shut down. I mean, everyone had to work from home. Everyone had to become teachers. All the businesses we were working with and my, um, with my clients were all just in scramble mode, trying to figure out what do we do with our employees who most of them have children or have families. So I think the biggest thing in the last two years has just really been the scheduling and trying to figure out who is doing what and how do we, how do we keep our employees here? How do we keep them motivated? And then when the employees are home, how are they handling their, their life and their children? I mean, for me personally, having my kids come home for months at a time for school was, was really challenging, but I was lucky enough. I had a job where I could work from home Mm -hmm. Um, and and my husband had a job where he was really flexible as well. So Mm -hmm. as far as the biggest challenges really think it's being flexible and getting and working a job that works with your family Mm -hmm. um, and your lifestyle. And I've been lucky enough. I've found a job where I can work part-time in the office and at home and able to go get my kids every day. But that's been a trade-off as well, uh, you know, working that kind of job. So HR-wise, the biggest challenge last few years has really been the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think you're worried about the scramble like that. <laughs> that feels like what the last couple of years were like, was like, no, we've never done it before. Yes, you have to do it all. Um, <laughs> So what kind of, what kind of mode are you in to try to figure it out? You know, and a lot of things unpredictable, like, I feel like that in general in life, these last few years, just things that you, you know, I used to be able to go to the grocery store and always find my bread, like from that being like, where is it now? that from that kind of thing to your childcare? Like they said, one, that was one of the biggest challenges was just like, some people couldn't find childcare if they needed to work outside the home, you yep. know, teachers who were 
at one point going back to schools, but the kids were virtual or, you know, just finding childcare to take care of your children while you're trying to figure out the work situation was definitely one of the biggest challenges. So I think the last couple of years have felt like a scramble, honestly, like we're just very shifting, you know, like not, not stable. Nothing's the same. I've read somewhere that like 70% of parents had children at home for over three months. And yeah. And that, and that was school-age children. And then mm-hmm. I've read somewhere that like 80% of parents said their children from like zero to four years old didn't even go to daycare. So how do you, how do you scramble and, you know, work that out? And from business-wise, from clients, we work a lot with small, medium-sized businesses and we worked a lot with medical practices. Mm-hmm. And so some of them shut their whole practice down. Like we have a couple of dentists and they had to shut everything down. So everyone was home. Nobody was making any money. Everyone got furloughed. And then all of a sudden, when they had to bring them back, nobody had childcare. Yeah. Think about your dentist's office, it's mostly women and nobody had childcare. So it was a huge shifting. I can't even explain how difficult it was at that time for being an HR because everyone was calling us about how do we handle laying off our employees? How do we handle paying people with COVID? How do we handle childcare? And all the same things were going on in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I handle. Yeah, so it yeah, was. So, mm-hmm. That's a good point because you're managing from the work standpoint. You know, whether it's HR, supply chain, IT. I feel like everyone, no matter where you were working, COVID <laughs> threw it into like you're going to have to do it differently. So you're managing it for work, and then you're also kind of managing those same experiences in your own life as well. Um, yeah, so you saw both sides. I think what was helpful because I could see both sides. Mm-hmm. of it. And I do feel like the workplace has changed significantly. A lot of my clients who are not service oriented, who do not have to be in the office, they have all these flexible hybrid work environments. Now that I don't, I don't see changing anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's been one of the benefits. I think it's, it's kind of made you rethink work and how work is happening. And so hopefully some of that might, might last, you know, some of that might yeah. last beyond the pandemic. So I was reading something and it said that you know, the share of mothers who said working full-time would be best for them dropped from 51% pre-pandemic to about 44% during pandemic because of the challenges of trying to balance both, like you're saying. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this on, so, you know, you've turned me on to TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've become addicted the last few weeks. I've I've become addicted to it. And I've noticed on TikTok, and there's a a stat that kind of goes with this as well, but there's this general sentiment around work, you know, just like, like, I I don't necessarily want to be there. And I've seen a lot of posts from young women saying, thanks so much for liberating us. (laughs) Now I feel like I have to, you know, be like all in at work and all in at home. And it's just too much. Like this idea of the liberation doesn't feel very liberating to them. And they're like, I wish I could just go back to being a stay at home mom or, and I get that. I mean, I did that for a while. So I understand that. And one of the stats said that in the last quarter of 2021, 6% fewer jobs were held by parents of children ages 5 to 12. So meaning by the last quarter of last year, 6% of people who had children in that, you know, intense parenting age, 5 to 12, just like dropped out and said, you know, I'm not doing it anymore, essentially. They probably Um, dropped out for COVID and then never went back. Right. Dropped out for COVID, never went back. And there's also an increase in people saying they want to work part-time, which I thought was interesting given you've had that experience. So I'm curious, like what has been like the idea of working part-time, you know, as a working parent, like what's been good about that for you? Or what do you think has been most challenging about that for you? um, As some people consider that more often now. Yeah. So I worked full-time until I had kids. And then I took a three-year maternity leave with my first one. Yeah. and then came back for a year or two and then had my second child and was just really enjoying working a little bit. Like I wanted the adult interaction and the pat on the back a little bit and, and helping people. But I also felt like it was important for me to be home. And I was lucky enough with my husband's job, we were financially stable enough for me to only work part time. Mm-hmm. And I worked with my boss. I was really honest with him about what I wanted to do. I mean, at one point I was coming in Tuesday and Thursdays, nine to 12. And he still let me do it. Whatever you want, just come in and do it. And then slowly as my children got older and started full-time school, I was able to work more and more hours to where I am now, where I come in in the morning and I leave every day around two 30 and I pick them up from school and do activities and stuff. So that's been positive. I mean, I could not have asked for a better, for me and my situation, a flexible part-time job for me to do what I want. 
I think the downside, and this is completely was my choice, is that I have not grown my career as much as I could have if I stayed in full time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I stay in my, my same job. I've been here over 20 years now doing, you know, I've obviously grown in my position. I have a lot more responsibility and have a lot more under my belt, but I haven't really grown my leadership, I guess, abilities with this position. And that was a choice I made with my husband to just to stay the status quo because it's been working for us. Yeah. And then that was big. So I look back at my career. I was like, oh, I could have done so much more. I could be running my own business or, you know, chief human resources officer somewhere, but I could have done all the things that I, you know, I was able to do at home. So Mm -hmm. it was a definite trade-off. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, I love that you asked for what you wanted. <laughs> the idea that, you know what, right now what's working for me is about six hours a week. And yes. like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot about who you are as a person, one that he valued you and was willing to do that. And it also says a lot about your courage and willingness to ask for what you want. Because I feel like a lot of times we feel you know, sometimes, of course, financially, you're forced into you have to do, you know, full time or other things. But a lot of times we have more options than we explore. Because, yeah, I think I mean, more people, the research says more people are considering part time, more parents are considering part time, because they feel like it might help them better balance. And as long as you're making the decision with everything in mind about what's important to you, I love that, because that, you know, it's kind of like a whole life perspective, then just focused on work or just focused on family. It's like, what's going to make my whole life work. So I love that you, first of all, I love that you asked for that and that he said, yes. <laughs> and he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that you were able to kind of change it as your needs change or your family grew, or, you know, just as things change for you, you're able to switch that up. That's really I've talked to other part-time moms. So, and they feel like, and I feel like this sometimes I, I do it all like I'm working, but then my husband sees me coming home and the kids. And so then I'm, you know, I still have to do the cooking, the clean, the picking up, the driving around, yes. the Ubering to every sport event. And so, yeah, some, and I, I know that's every mom. So it's not just part-time moms, but mm-hmm. I do, I do feel like I don't get a break. Yeah. No, you know what? The research says that too. Actually, it says I was reading something. It said that when you work part time, that your partner or spouse or whoever thinks, oh, well, you're working part time. So, yeah. <laughs> so even though I mean, because when you think about it, you're getting off at two thirty. That's basically a couple hours every day. It's not like real part. You know, it's not like that nine to twelve or that you were right. working. But it's just you know in their mind. I think you know my husband does that just because I work from home a lot. He's like, oh, you're home, so. <laughs> you can do that or you can do. So I, that's, that's a reality. And also just for moms in general, to your point, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, one thing that said that three quarters of moms in opposite sex relationships, so 74% said that they did more to manage their children's schedules and activities than their spouse or partner. And only 3% said their spouse or partner took on more. So huh. basically moms are saying, yeah, I'm doing more <laughs> like part-time, full-time, whatever. Uh, generally moms more. feel like they're doing more. So that is, but I, I get what you're saying. If you're working part-time or even at home, like, yeah, I, I cause find. I still get the, Oh, Hey, well, when you get off, can you go, my mom's birthday's tomorrow. Can you go get her a gift? I'm like, I mean, I have to go to a carpool and then we have basketball and drums and guitar. And I mean, I'll be yeah. home around six. So yeah, I'll, I'll try to get her a birthday present. I'll be home around six, but I think you will too. So (laughs) why don't you make that stop on your way to the house? Yeah. Oh, I get it. It was important to me as a woman. I I wanted to stay in the workforce. You know, Mm -hmm. I have gone to school. My parents helped me pay for college. I felt like it was an important piece of who I am. And I wanted my boys to see me working. I didn't want them just to know me as the chef and the Uber driver and, you know, the laundry guru. I wanted them really to see a woman in the workforce Mm -hmm. and contributing to the family and contributing to herself and growing. And I don't know if they see that yet because they leave to go to school and I go to work and then I pick them up. So they don't see me at work. Yeah. Um, They're like, yeah, I know you work mom, but you know, yeah, (laughs) pick me up at noon and take me. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do it. So, but I I think it was important for them to see that too. And to see a work ethic for both my husband and I to work and have the children see that. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that's one of the benefits of being a working parent is that, you know, your children see you in a different light and they do get to see the work ethic and how you work, you know, and how you give to your workplace. And I think that's all great lessons for them. What are other benefits you think to being a working parent? Are there any other benefits you think are? Good? Well, for me personally, it helps me 
learn organization skills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I really have to be organized. My calendar on my phone. I mean, you and I talk about meal planning all the time, but oh, God. I write out every meal I'm going to make for the week and I go shopping on Sunday because I don't like to go to the grocery store every day. Yeah. And just really being on it and then teaching my children to be responsible. They're home by themselves now this summer. So I leave them a schedule of things they have to do or when they have to be ready for people to pick them up. So I think really just organizational skills have that to me has been a, a benefit. Yeah, I could see that. Yes. And uh, we're gonna talk about your meal planning because <laughs> Alicia's amazing at meal planning. I'm always like, send me a recipe, five ingredients or less. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I made one last night. <laughs> I'm always like, I only need your five ingredient or less recipes because after that, I'm pretty much out. But um, yeah, I think that's, a, I love that, that they see you in a different light. The other one I was thinking about is I feel like, you know, like I heard this in a, a class I was in that people that are really close to you, like your children or your spouse or partner, whoever can be good transformation partners, meaning they see things in you that you don't see in yourself. I feel like I'm probably a better even employee because of Lauren, because, you know, my daughter's really honest, which I love, but your children will kind of point out to you things that are strengths of yours or things that you could do better, even in their way. So if we're open to it, I feel like I learn a lot from parenting her just to make me a better person and also just a better employee, better to those I serve. And I feel like it's made me more empathetic to people that are parents too, like in the mm -hmm. workplace. I remember one of the people I, um, one of my managers, he was a working dad and his wife had a full-time job too. And I just, I always felt like people who had my situation just understood it better and gave yeah. me more empathy, you know, for, Hey, I can't come in or have to do this or that. It just gives you another, a deeper level of empathy. I think for people who are trying to do both. Um, and he was always so awesome. Like he just, if I'd had to stay home cause she was sick or like, he just was like, take care of whatever you have to take care yeah. of. And I always appreciated that. So I think this experience for me also helped me be more empathetic to other people who are trying to do both, which is it's nice. funny you say that. Cause before we had kids, my husband, you know, he would have employees under him with like, Oh my gosh, she is always taking time off. Cause her kid yeah. is sick or this or that. And then once we had children, he was like, Holy moly, like <laughs> yeah. no wonder. Yeah. And so he is as a man and a boss of a lot of women who have children so much more flexible with mm -hmm. timing and coming in and out and school closings and, whatever is going on, it has really changed him and ha helped him become more empathetic. So mm -hmm. I like that change. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, it, it definitely changes your perspective. Like most, you know, significant life experiences does, but that one does for sure. So you said a couple, but anything else for you, that's been like personally challenging as a working parent, like what is, what's been most like, when you think about yourself, anything that's been most personally challenging for you? Really personally, I think trying to decide what to do with my career. Mm. like stay kind of where I am or move. I mean, I've looked at other positions and different places and talked with my husband a lot and my friends. And I was like, this just really, really works for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I stayed here and it's been wonderful. I don't have any regrets about it, but I think that's been the most challenging. It's just trying to decide like as a working mom, what works best. And it's not just for me, it's what works best for the whole entire family and also my employer. I don't mm -hmm. want to go anywhere where I can't give a hundred percent or I don't want to give a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, that has been the most challenging, just trying to really map my career as I've gone through it. I don't know what's been most challenging for you because you had some big time careers and took a lot of your time and now you work from home. Yeah. It's, I think the biggest thing were choices too, honestly, like I remember thinking, okay, so when I had Lauren, I stayed home for a year and toward the end of that year or so, I remember feeling guilty. I was like, like she could be with other kids. Like <laughs> you're just staying, like you have a whole degree, you know, it's like, you could be like contributing to the family or putting resources away for her. So I'm staying at home as a stay at home mom, feeling guilty toward the end of that time. And then I went to work and as a working mom, I'm like, you're not spending enough time with her. <laughs> like it's kind of like, so this, if you allow it, you can carry around this kind of mom guilt in every situation that you're in. So I think that was one of my biggest challenges too, which was like making the choices I thought for were best for me and our family. And then, you know, being really excited about those and enjoying those and not allowing myself to feel guilty about whatever. Cause by, when you choose one thing, you're not going to be doing something else. <laughs> and it's easy to be really excited, you know, to always think about what's the one thing I'm not doing. It's like, God, you know, 
we can really put too much burden on ourselves and our choices. So I like your idea around, I think that was the biggest challenge for me is like making the choice and Mm -hmm. then like just being happy with the choice that I've made and enjoying what I have instead of always thinking about what I'm not doing or what I don't have. (laughs) And mom guilt is so real. And we feel guilty about everything. You're right. Guilty if we work too much, too little, if we don't play with them enough, if we don't interact with our children, if we're not a good wife, um, you know, child, parent, everything. It's it's a tough. Mm-hmm. I have friends who work who have stayed home as soon as they've had children and been stay-at-home moms their whole lives, and they have mom guilt. And then I have full-time working moms who are 100% into their job, and they have mom guilt. It's really hard. But what's worked for me is to have mom friends. Like, I don't know what I would have done without you and yeah. some of my other girlfriends where I can call and talk about all these things. And just having your knowledge and your experience and just has really helped me get through all kinds of situations in my life and career. Yeah, that's one of mine too. Like a, a strategy that works is definitely for it. It's like our conversations, at least I've done so many things. Like we read Tiger Mom. <laughs> we'll like text each other around, oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened. Like just having someone else who's in a similar situation, dealing with work, dealing with children, dealing with partners or spouses and trying to make it all work and enjoy the life you have. Like, I agree, like having other mom friends is required. And I think it would be really hard to do it without it. And I, and I know some people who I feel like maybe don't, haven't made that connection because sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable, maybe like, you know, in some relationships, you can get into a weird dynamic where everyone's like being perfect or something and only yeah. sharing the good stuff about their children. Like, oh my God, my child won the whatever award, which is good. We're happy for you. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I need to have friends who are willing to talk to me about both sides of things, you know, like the really good things, but the challenging things as well. So I think being vulnerable and being, having other friends that are parents as well is, I don't know. I don't think I could do it without it. Very Not successful. No, I don't either. I really need someone I can be sarcastic with. And be like, right. Let me tell you what I did today. And just exactly. laugh just so, you know, you feel better about it, but also just get advice. What do you do? How do you handle it? And then I feel more normal. Like when yes. I see someone else's child having a meltdown on the lacrosse field, I'm like, oh, okay. My cool. child's normal. Like exactly. <laughs> we cool, all cool, have meltdowns cool. and have bad days and I can, you know, or people complaining about how hot it is or whatever. I'm like, okay, good. I'm, I'm right here. I'm doing yeah. well. We're, yeah, we're doing okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I agree with that. That's been like huge for me. Um, for so I, I totally agree with that. I also, I know you're a huge reader. The another strategy that I thought that has worked for me is books. Like, I love that Tiger Mom book. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I am a Tiger Mom, but at least encourage me to be like a little to toe the line a little harder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I know you're an avid reader, but I feel I feel like I've learned a lot through books because you don't. You know, parenting is not something you learn formally very often, but books, I had to read a book, even going through um, the training for foster care, which was actually super helpful, not just for foster care, but just as parenting. I remember having to read a book on positive discipline, which talked about natural consequences. So I just feel like reading has also helped me kind of balance and get new ideas for parenting too. I don't know. I know you're an avid reader. Do you read? And I know we read Tiger Mom. I don't know. Do you read other books on parenting? I have. I mean, really starting from when they were infants, I was reading healthy sleep habits and making healthy baby food. And I mean, those gave me such aha moments, like reading about when to put your infant down to bed, like blew my mind. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. I can put them down in bed at six o'clock at night. No way. And it just really blew my mind. So I've always tried to read books like that. And then, you know, Tiger Mom and Anxiety for Children and How to Raise Teenagers, uh, Boy Mom books. Every There's a lot of tips and tricks that have come out of that. And now that they're getting older, I'm trying to read more books about how to communicate with your teenager. I know you and I have talked about more asking questions instead of telling them what to do. And so that has been really helpful to me, mm-hmm, but yeah. reading for me, I mean, I read a lot of fiction. It just takes my mind off of things. It helps me go to sleep. It helps me just forget things about the day and just puts me in a different place. So my family makes fun of me about how much I read. <laughs> yeah, because how many books habit. are you reading? I, I remember, I remember us talking about this before and I was always like, wow, like, that's, like yeah. I read, but you really, really read. Um, <laughs> oh, we read that other book, that Brene Brown book together. We did um, but what, what, like how much? How many books are you reading a year? Like, would you say, or how often are you reading? I read, 
don't know, three books a month. Yeah, I read every day. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, my, again, my family makes fun of me, but I'm like, it's free. I get everything from the library on my Kindle. I can read anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just really helps take my mind on the thing. So for me, it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really relaxing. So yeah, I read, I do. I mean, I read a significant amount. I'm in a book club with a bunch of moms who are not my best friends. So it's nice to meet new people and to get out and hear different ideas and talk about family things and work things. So that's helped me, you know, make some new friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's reality. I I think that's helped me a lot from parenting too, which is the reading and just this idea that um, we're not taught how to be good working parents. It's something we're all figuring out as we go. So if you can get tips from other people, whether it's, I love your book club, that's amazing. Reading, like I watch YouTube videos from pastors I really like. I feel like I have so many mentors that don't know they're my mentors because I've never (laughs) met them. (laughs) But I but I watch all their stuff, you know, or I I I listen to all their podcasts or read their YouTube things because it's just helpful. And so I feel like that's one thing we have now that maybe our parents, our parents' parents didn't have, which is this access to information. You can go and learn lots of strategies about lots of different things now, which really our parents and parents' parents didn't have that as an, as it wasn't as easy to access. No, you're right, because it was just your friends and family at that point. Yes. And if yeah. you wanted to do something different or had a different type of child, you were kind of left, you know, blown in the wind, but now you can find information on everything. And I've used the internet. I've used teachers. I've used books to help me with whatever my children or myself were going through at the time. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's been super, super helpful. I still do actually. That's been super helpful because now I'm in a you know, the college student, that's a different type of I know parenting. I guess you, I guess it's still parenting, but it, it feels like oh I'm going to call it consulting, but it's a, it's a different type for sure. So and I yeah. think your book would be great for college students to get them thinking about what they want to be doing with their lives. Yeah. It's so funny. Lauren said to me the other day, we were talking about just, I think she'd be okay with me sharing this. We were just talking about, you know, what she wants to do career-wise and she, te- we were on text and she was like, why didn't you make me read your book? <laughs> Make you I just have reading. to make you read my book. I was like, okay, okay, ma'am. You know, you're you're old enough to do that on your own. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of things you can learn. So I guess what would I ask you is like if you just had to give tips, let's just share tips, tips on being a working parent, things that work for you. I know one of the ones you shared was your meal planning, which yes, I mean that has helped me a lot. But like what that may be one, or what are just tips you would share that have helped you be, you know, successful as a working parent? Well. Now that my kids are a little bit older, especially my my rising high schooler, I've been using the calendar. I've been sharing all the calendar stuff with him, all his sports stuff. And we have orthodontist appointments when we go anywhere. I share it with him and you know, whoever else is involved in it. And so he can know what's going on. And my goal for that is to teach him to be responsible, you know, for mm-hmm. his time and for my time. So as I said, organization, just really Mm -hmm. trying to be organized. I have everything in my calendar. I try to write things down. I have a calendar at home I write on. And not I don't really have a calendar in my purse anymore. I know some of my friends have some of those really big calendars that are awesome. But my phone usually works pretty well, keeping everything organized. The food, I'm really the main cook in the house. My husband helps on the weekend, but and I, I mean, I enjoy cooking, but having to be the person who thinks of what to cook every single day for 365 days <laughs> yeah. is a lot. Mm-hmm. So having that organized, I literally, I do, I try to write a shopping list every Sunday and what we're going to eat every day. And it doesn't always work out, but for the most part, it does. Mm-hmm. I've been surprised at how much that helps. It does. It mm-hmm. keeps me out of the grocery store and keeps the kids out of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what else is uh, other things, as I said, my friends and my family, you really need people who can pick up your child at a moment's notice. Uh, and so I tried to cultivate people who are in the same position I am, you know, working moms who I don't feel guilty when I'm like, oh, hey, can you grab Keller? I have a late meeting. And so they can ask me too. Mm-hmm. And so we really work with each other. And that's, uh, that has been a big help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it because, you know, and I think part of it is sometimes you have to go first. Like I remember when Lauren was little, she had um, some friends of ours that we first became friends because she invited Lauren over for a play date. And she called and was like, Hey, I'm going out, you know, I don't know if they're going out of town or something. And she was like, can she stay with you guys for a day or two? And I was like, of course, but that just started like her asking made it easier for me to ask. So these people that are in similar situations that you can be reciprocal with now, I have several people like that. And you're Mm -hmm. right. Especially when you're still in the picking up from school and yeah. dropping off and 
you know, people who are at the same sports team. So if they need to get to so-and-so and I can't get there, they can pick them up and get them there. Like yeah. all that is critical, but it took me a while to get comfortable with that because I was kind of raised more independent. Like our family took care of each other, but we didn't really have people outside of our family that helped, you know, I, I don't know if it's because yeah. we're military or what, but it just wasn't as common for me to rely on friends for those kind of things. But as a parent, it's yeah. critical. <laughs> well, I don't have any family in town there. Yeah. I mean, you know, all my family lives away. And so I really, really had to re- rely on friends. And that's one of the reasons I stayed home at first. Cause I was like, I don't have anyone mm-hmm. else to help me with these children. I'll have to do it myself. But then I realized as I got more into it, that I don't have to do it by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can really find don't. some good babysitters and I have friends who at a moment's notice can, you know, go grab somebody for me. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to feel helpful as well. So when they call me, I'm, I'm happy, happy to help. Yeah. And it's actually more fun. I mean, I think it, it starts to feel like you're really in a community of other, you know, it kind of builds something even beyond the help. It's like, oh, I'm in a real community. I feel supported. Things feel a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this kind of willingness to, to give help and to ask for help when you need it. It uh, kind of reminds me that, I don't know if you've seen these commercials. I can't remember if it's better up or whatever, but there are these new commercials, like one, the guy has like a, um, this heavy weight on him and it's like, he's trying to lift it and he's about to drop it on himself. And someone comes by, he's like, can I help you? He's like, no, I got it. <laughs> it's like, you don't got it, you know? <laughs> so, so sometimes we have to just admit, okay, I don't have it. Like, like, I remember getting to that one point in my career when I was working on my last organization and I just felt totally overwhelmed, mm. totally burnt out. Like, I just felt like I do not have it. I don't got it. Yeah. And finally, I was talking to someone and she was like, oh, you know, I leverage a college student that helps a high school student that helps me pick up my child. And she just shared all her tips and tricks. And I was like, oh, my God, why am I trying to do all this myself when there, you know, there are people I can kind of engage to help me. So yeah. I think that being willing to realize you don't have it and ask other people for help is so like that was a turning point for me. And for work, for me, for work, the most helpful thing was to have a very open and honest relationship with my boss and my coworkers, mm. right? We, we know each other's families. We know what we're going through with each other. And we really just cut each other some slack. Mm-hmm. It was really, I think that's the biggest thing in the, in the working world is cut each other some slack. Everyone has their different issues going on. And if you, you know, don't need to be at the office and you can do some things from home, let them stay from home or ask your boss. You Arlene taught me so much about just asking. You're like, well, why not? Why can't you ask for that? Or if you don't want to cook dinner, then don't. Why do you have to cook dinner every night? I'm like, I don't know. No one's ever told me I didn't have to do these things every single yeah. night. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just been huge. So like you said, when you start talking to your friend and she's like, oh, I use a college student. Sometimes things that helped me were so easy to think about and it never crossed my mind. Yeah. Too focused on one, on one thing. Yes. Or do it the way you've kind of thought it should be done. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember one conversation with, um, it was like a couple's dinner thing. And it was, I was sitting with two other friends of mine who are also working moms as well. And, um, they said something about paper plates and I was like, wait, say it come again. They were, like, they were like, oh yeah, I don't use dishes anymore. They're like, I, in my cabinet are like a stack of paper plates, like plastic cups, like, you know, like they've actually put this stuff in their drawers or wherever yeah. else they were like, oh no, I don't have time for washing dishes. And I was like, I can use paper plates. <laughs> like this was years ago, but I was like, oh my God, like that alone. It's just something I hadn't thought about because I grew up, you know, we use regular dishes. I washed them every night. Like it just was, I hadn't even thought about it to your point. But now I mentioned it to Lauren last week. I was like, I think we've passed the paper plate stage. Like you're, <laughs> you're an adult. I'm an adult. Daddy's an adult. I think we can move on from this paper product stage and actually eat on some real, you know, real dishes. And she looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) Why would we do that? (laughs) Like, why don't we start washing these dishes? But like, there are a lot of things you can do differently. If you, to your point, if you just ask other people how they're doing it, they can challenge you on kind of what you think is important and what you think you should do. Uh, Yeah, that's super helpful. I remember one day I was complaining to you because I was cooking for my kids at like 530 because they were starving. And then I was putting them to bed and then I was cooking for my husband because he wanted to eat around eight. And I was just exhausted. And you were like, why are you cooking two meals? And I was like, well, because we all have to eat. And you were like, well, eat with the kids at 530 and then put his on a plate. He can heat it up. And I mean, it was like light bulb moment to me in that yeah. point of my life. And I was like, 
Oh my God. Why can't he just heat up his own meal? It doesn't have to be a hot meal off the stove at eight. Right. At eight Um, o'clock. And that my whole life changed from there. I mean, I mean, you're right. Simple things. Because I just thought I had to put a meal on the table because my mom did every single night. And yeah. And I was like, oh wait, it is a meal that I cook, just not, and he can eat it whenever he wants to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was so silly. It was like so silly and easy to think about, but different things have changed my life, just different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. I've had, I've had a thousand of those and I'm so thankful for people being willing to, you know, and part of that is us being willing to share what we're dealing with, like what the biggest struggles are, because if you don't share it, other people can't give you a perspective and then it's doing whatever you're comfortable with. You know, like I, I was comfortable getting rid of dishes. <laughs> you were comfortable cooking one meal. Like you have to do what's comfortable for you. Whereas I have another friend who like hates paper plates. Like she would never do that. Like that's her thing. You know, she would draw the line there. She'd be like, okay, I'd never do that. But you know, you have to do what's comfortable for you. Like I always like cooking. I prefer home cooked meals mm-hmm. just because I feel like in my mind they're, they're healthier, but also I just like them better. I like it better than picking up something. So I did a lot of super simple meals when Lauren was little, like quesadillas and carrot sticks with ranch were like, I can't tell you how many quesadillas we ate around here because it was like, you know what? There's like some cheese, there's a protein, there's a carb, there's a veggie, we're done. You know what I mean? So like you have to figure out what's really important to you and be willing to let go of some of those things that, you know, aren't as critical because it's really hard to do. You can't do it all. I do find that social media helps too. I mean, I I do look at Facebook and TikTok and they give me so many ideas, but there's also so many communities out there for things that you, you like. And I didn't realize how much it was out there, but Mm -hmm. we do a lot of hiking in the North Carolina mountains and there's a girls who hike in North Carolina Facebook page. Who knew? And they do meetups and they meet different people and they talk about different ideas and things they have. And I, I'm just reading this book called Midlife Bites. And it's just like a hysterical, true story of a woman who's writing about her midlife issues when she turned 45 and had a mental breakdown. And, but she has a whole Facebook group out there and there's, I just literally joined it like two days ago. And they're asking all these questions of like, I'm 47 and I have to help my mom. How do you guys handle these things Mm. as they grow older? And everybody answers. And I'll say there's so much information out here and different ways to look at things and different places to go just besides your immediate family and friends. That is true. I, I have, I've learned a lot from groups and like, there are a lot of mom's groups I'm in that are kind of local to this area. <laughs> like one person said one day, she was like, I feel like I checked that group more than I checked my own page. And I was like, I know because there's like, they're talking about the things you care about. They're giving ideas. That was one that I learned the other day. Someone was like, there was a service that would come pick up your laundry and bring it back folded and hung on hung. I was like, wait, what? What? (laughs) Like, hold on. Let me, (laughs) I looked at that mountain of laundry we had for that week. And I was like, I I think I'm willing to pay for that. (laughs) I mean, but those kind of things to your point, my immediate circle, no one had ever said anything about that, but that expands your circle so much that you get to hear what lots of people are doing and get even more ideas. I agree. That's like the plus of social media. There's a lot of downsides, but that's a plus. I mean, you have to filter through all the nonsense that's out there, but there are so (laughs) many things I've learned. And I don't know when I need new books, there's like 8,000 book clubs out there. You can go through and find the ones that you have the same passions with and and just learn from them. So yeah, even for human resources, there's so much out there. There's podcasts out there about HR, there's videos, there's training. And I've used that a lot in my career, just to grow my career without having to pay any money. Yeah, I agree. I I totally agree. That's been a I hadn't thought about it before we started talking, but that's been a huge benefit. And even during the pandemic, I feel like it was a big benefit of people just sharing what they were learning or what they were dealing with, or to your point, like funny things that let yeah. you know we're all in this together <laughs> um, or, you know, childcare things that are working. And even with this recent thing around the formula, shortage of formula, yeah. like the groups would be like, Hey, I was at target on so-and-so and they have lots of formula, like just even little tips and tricks like that. I think that's been a really positive element of social media for me too. Probably the most positive element I've had other than staying connected to friends and family. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just learned a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I guess, let me ask you this. So I want to do the lightning round where I'll just uh, ask you some other general questions, but before we do that, any final thoughts or advice as you just think about working parents in general, what might be a final thought or idea or advice you might share with people? Well, I just want to say I'm happy I stayed in the workforce because I didn't really have to if I didn't want to. And I remember saying, gosh, mom, you know, you paid, you helped me pay for college and I did all this stuff and now I'm just sitting at home. 
And my mom was like, Alicia, you never, ever know what is going to happen. And that is going, that is something that every person needs is the education, a solid education. So never be upset that you're not using it the way you thought you would. And then I got back into the workforce. And then I was so happy that I had my degree and what I needed to, to get where I am today. So I guess my advice is just to keep going and keep learning and don't stop. Even if you're a mom of little kids who are is underwater, it doesn't always, it'll change. Life changes. Yeah. And your busyness changes into different things. And going back to my mom, she treated cancer her whole life. And she always said, celebrate all the little successes because mm-hmm. every single day she met somebody who just wanted one more anniversary, one more birthday, and you know, one more big sale or whatever they were doing. And so I try to take life with her advice is just celebrate the little things and just me getting up and coming to the office each morning with professional clothing on that's a celebration <laughs> yes yes <laughs> my mom some days and I have a bad mom moment I text Arlene and said oh gosh I really didn't do that one well and yeah. you know just use your friends to pick you up and but keep going but work has been to me very successful and rewarding and has yeah. kept me sane at times where I didn't think I would be sane Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. It, yeah, it has a lot of benefits to it. I think to your point, the working and mm-hmm. kind of working and parenting together, there's a lot of benefits to it though. It's really easy. I think, especially when your children are little to only feel the downsides of it because they require so much, like to your point as they yeah. age, things just change. And it's not as I think physically taxing, you know, when you're a parent of little people, it's physically taxing, but there's a long-term benefit to it, I think as well, kind of the working and parenting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some long-term benefits to it. I love that. Okay. Well, let's do, um, this is the lightning round. Okay. So this is just to help people get to know you better. Simple questions, just whatever comes to mind, whatever's <laughs> top of mind for you. So the first one is what is the most unique job you've had? Well, you know, I've been in HR for my whole career. So before that, I guess I worked at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> Did you? The 31, is it 31 flavored? Yes. Yeah. And that was a really interesting experience. Just, I mean, learning how to count money and give change and working with in the service industry and people ask you all kinds of questions. I remember one day someone said, well, is the ice cream kosher? And I, you know, being a young kid, I had no idea what they were talking about. And yeah. they educated me on what it meant to be kosher. And they had me pull up the whole entire ice cream bin. They showed me the sign. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I'll, I'll use my whole life. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, working at the ice cream store. I did stop eating ice cream for many, many years. <laughs> you you know, just were done with it. <laughs> I was done with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could be done with ice cream. I love that. <laughs> Okay. What is one thing you do consistently to enjoy your life? Like what's something I would have to say reading. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy reading. It really does relax me and put me in a good frame of mind and helps me go to sleep at night. And just, yeah, I think to me, that's just, I wish it was exercise. Or <laughs> <laughs> You're something exercising your mind. Alicia. Got me yeah. off the couch. Um, <laughs> You're exercising your mind. I am exercising my mind. So that is one thing I do pretty on a daily basis. That helps yeah, me. you're an avid reader. I love that. You are. I know, reader. but I wish it would, you know, yeah, I wish it was exercising. <laughs> I like out. reading. I like <laughs> reading. Um, okay. What is one tip you would give working parents from the HR perspective? Like what's one last tip you might give them? Well, for HR, for me being HR, I really try to tell my employers to talk with your employees and mm-hmm. You know, if somebody, literally someone just called me today and said, someone hasn't been in all week and they're out of leave time. What do I do? When can they no longer work here? And I was like, well, let's step back. What? Give them a call first and see yeah. what's going on and, and what is going on in their life and how you can help them. And do they need to take some kind of unpaid leave of absence? And so in HR, I would, my tip is just to be open and honest and explain to your employers where you are and what's going on. Because most people are nice. And most mm-hmm. people want to help you and, yeah. and then do the right thing. But so many people keep it to themselves and keep it hidden and don't tell you. And not that we need to know all the details, but yeah. Yeah. If you don't show up for a week. It would be nice if you called and <laughs> gave us some, some reason. Yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice. I mean, so as we said earlier, ask, ask for the things mm-hmm. you want and all they can do is say no, or they, they can work with you. So yeah. I would ask. I think that's a good point. And, you know, I think you're right. Like every now and then you run into a manager or an organization that is just terrible, you know yeah. what I mean? And they're, yes. they're, they don't have any grace and those kind of things. And those are difficult situations, but more often than not, 
I have found people very, if you're a hard worker, mm-hmm. let's start with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're a hard worker or you're someone who they value. If you ask for what you want, I have, I agree with you. I've found people very generous. I mean, I remember the company we were working with together, which isn't really the company anymore, but where we worked before when I went on maternity leave and when it was time to come back, I was like, I don't feel like I'm ready to come back. And they actually were like, well, like, do you want to keep working? I was like, yeah. They said, well, you could work part-time from home. And at the time, like, I don't even think we had computers at home. So I I don't even know. I, after a while I called him back and was like, I'm not really working. So we're not going to, you know, we can just do, kind of end this relationship, but I mean, they were willing, they were willing to try it. So I think your point around people want to work with you, if you, you know, if they value you as an employee, which, you know, I'm sure they do, then they really do want to work with you if you're willing to share it. So I love that advice. Yeah, yeah but you're right. You have to be a hard worker and valuable. So you have to do your part. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found people really gracious and nice, honestly. They really, um, yeah, they really, they do. They want to help and do the right thing. Yeah. And then last question, and you already shared one, so that might be it, but what is a word of wisdom or piece of advice you live by? Oh yeah, I do. My mom's advice of always celebrate the small things because you never know. That is really what we live by. And we used to make fun of her because every time we would go to visit her, there was a party. My husband's like, your mom has a party for everything. And I was like, I know, I know. And she loves a parade and she loves fireworks and, you know, anything going on. She's the one like, let's go downtown and watch the fireworks. And we were like, no. And, but once we got there, we have so much fun or she's always the one who wants to take the family picture. And Mm. so, yeah, my advice is just to celebrate the little things and as much as you can, because you never know what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And her experience, even of working with people who are, you know, dealing with possibly end of life kind of diseases. Like I could see how that just is such a good reminder around how much the little things matter. Cause I'm sure once you get to that, you know, you get to the point where you're considering your life, like, I wish I had little things matter a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One more birthday, one more, anything One more day with the grandkids Mm -hmm. and, you know, mom has some physical issues that make walking and things difficult and she never lets it get her down. She's always up for anything. She's up for any kind of adventure we want to do. And she just pushes herself. And so that has been something that I try to live by. Like, just get up and do whatever you can. Yeah, I love that. And especially for working parents, because as parents, you can feel like a lot of things are failing or not going well. So this idea of celebrating the little things about, you know, whether it's your work or your parenting life, I think is really good advice for all of us. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing, Alicia, for joining me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and insights with everyone. And thank you all so much for joining. Um, You can find me on Instagram at arlene.pace.green. And you're on LinkedIn, Alicia, as well? I am, yeah. Okay, so we'll put her link in the show notes as well so you can connect with her as well. And everyone, be well. Thanks for joining. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where I share tips, resources, freebies, and ideas to help you love your job and grow your business. Click join the crew in the show notes.